Welcome to the Daily Office Lectionary. I'm Father Reed. This week, we are looking at scriptures in the Daily Office Lectionary for 6 Easter, the sixth Sunday of Easter. There are seven Sundays of Easter, and that is because Jesus was resurrected on the third day, and he was raised from the dead on Easter Sunday. He stays for 40 days. He ascends into heaven on the 40th day. And on the 50th day, we celebrate Pentecost, where the coming of the Spirit is in play. Now, this is the end of Luke 24 and Acts chapter 2. He tells them to wait for the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1. Luke writes Luke, the Gospel of, and he writes Acts. So he puts both of those things together, Luke 24, the end and Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, the coming of the Spirit is Pentecost. Now, we are in the week of 6 Easter, and we are looking at scriptures uh, in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the Gospel. The readings from the Old Testament are pretty eclectic. Uh, we have Deuteronomy, and we have 2 Kings, on the eve of the ascension, remember the ascension is 40 days after Jesus' resurrection. It would be on a Thursday. And Ezekiel. Then in the New Testament, we have James. We have Revelation on the eve of the ascension. And we have Hebrews. You can see that in your post. And we continue our study of Luke. But we're primarily looking at, see how it changes from Monday to uh, Saturday, you have Luke 9, 11, 12, then you go to Matthew 28 on Ascension Day. That's the Great Commission at the end of Matthew's Gospel. Luke 9, and back to Luke, and back to Luke 9 again. So uh, it's a little bit moving around a, a bit, and it's really going to move around on 7 Easter. And we'll, of course, be looking at that next week. And then we go into Pentecost, and then the week after Pentecost. Okay, let's open our Bibles. Please get your Bible out. You may want to follow along. A lot of times I like to listen to podcasts, so I'm just I'm doing something, but I'm listening very closely. Sometimes I'll have my Bible out to follow along, and I certainly hope that you enjoy reading these scriptures uh, every day or throughout the week, praying about them, thinking about them, reflecting on them. As I've said before, if you would like to have a study Bible, uh, or a, um, a Bible that has notes in them, usually at the bottom of the page. They can help you with the scriptures as you're reading them. Or maybe even a commentary lesson every now and again might be helpful. But the idea of your reading the text and being as consistent as you can, that is on a daily basis, that's the key, and listening to the Lord about the scriptures. All right, here we go. Look at Monday's scripture. From Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 10, a beautiful text. Verse 1, be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today. This is God talking. So that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your fathers. God wants, this is Moses sharing this information with the people of Israel. And the command that uh, Moses is giving is, of course, from the Lord. They're not Moses' command. It's God's command. So be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today. So uh, Moses is sharing with them the commands of the Lord. And so Moses acts as a representative 
of Yahweh, of the Lord, and he is sharing with them the word of the Lord, much like a prophet would. This is before the prophets, oral and written. And he is sharing with them what God has told him to share. Remember how the Lord your God, verse 2, led you all the way in the desert these 40 years. Now this is, remember, they got out of the land of Goshen. They had the 10 plagues, remember. Pharaoh finally let them go. They passed through the Red Sea. The Egyptians followed them. They were destroyed when the waters came back upon them after the waters had opened for the Israelites to pass. And then the Lord led them to Mount Sinai. However, the problem was is they didn't trust the Lord. And so they wandered in the desert for 40 years. And he says, to humble and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. So it's incumbent upon us to know what the commands of the Lord are and to do his commands. One of the reasons that we do the daily office lectionary is we have a good smattering of scriptures from the Old Testament and the New Testament that will help us define what those commands are. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, verse 3, feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone. We do not, we cannot live just on what we're eating and drinking, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. That's a very, very fantastically important statement and one that Jesus repeats to the devil uh, in Matthew 4 and in Luke 4 when in his temptation in the wilderness after 40 days and 40 nights, if you recall. And so he quotes this verse, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of the, of the Lord, of the mouth of God. So you and I want to live according to what God tells us. That's more important than physical sustenance. You want to hear what the Lord is saying to you. You want to do what he says, what I just read in verse 1, and then you want to follow him and, and be empowered, if I can use a New Testament phraseology, by the Holy Spirit to do it. Know that in your heart, verse 5, that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So why do we need to be disciplined? Because we get off course. So we want the Lord to come around us and bless us. Great scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, 1 through 10. Deuteronomy chapter 8, 11 to 20. Be careful, verse 11, that you do not forget the Lord your God failing to observe his commands, his laws, and decrees that I'm giving you today. Does that sound repetitive? Yes, he's saying the same thing again. Don't forget him. Why does he say this? Because it's easy to forget God. Once you get started in your life and you've got lots of things in your calendar and you've got lots of things to do today and things come up uh, that displace church and replace church, you just think of other things to do and that's not what God wants to do. Now, you may say to yourself in verse 17, my power and the strength of my hands has produced this wealth. This day you get wealthy and you, get, you have an abundance. But remember the Lord your God, for he gives you the ability to produce wealth. God, all of us out here that are doing well financially, he gives you the ability to produce wealth. He's, he's allowing that to happen. Please remember the Lord. Verse 19, if you ever forget the Lord your God, and you follow other gods, and you worship them, and you bow down to them, I testify against you today that you surely will be destroyed. The consequences of not following God will not go well with the individual that does not do the commands of God. 
Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will, not, you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. So please obey the Lord. Notice on the eve of the ascension, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 to 15, this is Elijah taken up into heaven. Now, Enoch was taken up into heaven, Elijah was taken up into heaven, and Jesus was taken up into heaven. Those are the only three people in Scripture that we know of that went from this earth up into heaven. Okay? So this is the beautiful story on the eve of the ascension that in 2 Kings 2, 1 to 15, we have uh, the taking up of Elijah. It's very profound. It's very beautiful. And we have the double portion of the Spirit uh, from Elijah to Elisha in verse 9. Verse 11, as they were walking along and talking together, this is Elijah and Elisha, a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up into he to heaven in a whirlwind. That is amazing, isn't it? There it is. Elisha saw this, cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more, and he took hold of his clothes and tore them apart, and then the beginning of the great Elisha's ministry um, starts up. So Elijah is this phenomenal oral prophet, and then he passes it on to Elisha, who becomes a phenomenal oral prophet. These men are amazing, and they're in First and Second Kings. On Ascension Day, go to Ezekiel chapter 1, the great prophet Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel is called a written prophet, as compared to Elijah, Elisha, who, Nathan, who are oral prophets. This is a written prophet, 1, 1 to 14, and 24 to 28. And he's just, verse 4, I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance, their form was that of a man, but each of them had four faces and four wings. So this amazing thing that Ezekiel is seeing coming out of heaven, coming out of the north, he says. Uh, the heavens were open and I saw visions of God, he says in verse 1. So, you know, this amazing vision that Ezekiel sees is quite extraordinary. 24 to 28 Above the expanse over their heads, verse 26, was looked like a throne of sapphire, and high above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw what from him what appeared by to be his waist up. He looked like glowing metal. This is a person. As if full of fire, and that from there he looked like fire, and brilliant light surrounded him, like the appearance of the rainbow in the clouds and the Rainy days, so was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell face down and I heard the voice of one speaking. The first chapter of Ezekiel is fantastic. It's amazing. It's very profound. It's very deep. And a lot of amazing things, uh, otherworldly things are happening. This is on the day that Jesus ascends into heaven. Now, then Jesus is going to be seated at the right hand of God after his ascension. Continuing on with uh, Ezekiel, uh, see in your post, 
Ezekiel 1, 28 to 3, 3, the call of Ezekiel, son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the spirit came into me, raised me to my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. Beautiful example of the move of God upon someone's life, the power of the spirit moving upon someone so that Ezekiel, like Jeremiah, like Isaiah, like Hosea, like Malachi, like Zephaniah and Jonah, etc. They're going to be spokespersons for the Lord. They're going to speak for the Lord. He's, look at what he says in verse 8. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Open it, ah, and I am going to tell you what to say. You say what I... So just like Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 10, where Moses speaks, the word of the Lord, what comes out of his mouth is God speaking to the people and sharing the word of the Lord so that the people will know what God expects of them and what God wants for them. And the training that they need in doctrine also, also happens. Just not a prophetic word about doom and gloom or something very positive, but sometimes just very much teaching. So enjoy the scriptures this week from Deuteronomy, great chapter, chapter 8, and um, Ezekiel and 2 Kings, the ascension of Elijah. Okay, James chapter 1, James chapter 1, 1 to 15. James, <clears throat> which comes after Hebrews. So we've got James and Hebrews in this sec second section. You've got James chapter 1, 1 to 15. And James is talking about lots of different things. So there's, uh, we see in 1 to 15, when you trace, uh, face trials of many kinds, verse 2, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance, verse 4, must finish its work so that you should be mature and complete and lack, not lacking anything. James is very practical, very down to earth, not hard to understand, very simple to read. It's, it's a book that I hope all of you are reading and enjoy because it's not very difficult, not theologically difficult like a couple of, like Hebrews is much more difficult uh, in terms of what is written. He says, don't be, be deceived, my dear brothers. Verse 16, every good and perfect gift is from above. That's great news. Coming down for the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Okay? Verse um, 21. Here's some ethics for us all. Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Get rid of the moral filth out of your life. Get rid of it in your life. And take on the word of God and let it get planted inside of you. So you want to unplant or uproot what's not good in you, and you want to plant what's good in you. Great advice for us all from the teaching of James. James 1, 16 to 27. Here's another good piece of advice. Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word. So you're listening to the word as I'm sharing it with you. I'm praying that all of us, me included, as you read the word, you're thinking about what it, what it says and what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, but you don't want to just listen and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You see that in the second half of 22? Do what it says. So what we're doing in this time together, in this program, we are sharing with you on a week-to-week -week basis, just giving you an overview and of the scriptures, 
of these three sections of scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, and Gospel, and encouraging you to read them. But in the end, receive it, and we pray for all of us to do it. It's an imperative that's very, very important uh, in the scriptures. In James 5, which is the last chapter, five chapters in James, 5, 13 to 18. Any of you in trouble? Any of you sick? Verse 14. Call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. It's just a beautiful way to minister to people by praying for other people and their needs. This is James 5, 3 to 18. Revelation chapter 5 on the eve of the ascension. Revelation chapter 5 is one of the great chapters in the Bible. Certainly one of the great in Revelation. I'm not going to read it all to you, but it is a very profound statement about the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. Verse 5. Then I saw a lamb looking as if he had been slain. Verse 6. Standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into the earth. And there's a beautiful um, time of worship for the Lamb. Of course, this is Jesus. You were slain with your blood. You purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. So God is not discriminating against anyone. It's every tribe and language and people and nation. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, verse 12, to receive power, wealth, wisdom, strength, honor, Glory, praise, seven things. Interesting, seven. To him who sits on the throne, remember now Jesus is on the throne, and to the oh, God is on the throne, and to the Lamb, now the Lamb is to his right. So God is on the throne of God. To the right of the throne is the Lamb who is seated. Be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So worthy is the Lamb, worthy is Christ. Then we thank God uh, for the one that sits on the throne, which is God Almighty, and to the Lamb. Okay? Very beautiful. Hebrews 2, 5 through 18. This is on Ascension Day. Hebrews 2, 5 to 18. Um... 2, 5 to 18. Look at verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. And so by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Since verse 14, the children have flesh and blood, so he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death, back to his death again, which we just celebrated a couple of week, uh, several weeks ago, uh, at, in Holy Week, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. He made atonement, verse 17, for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he's helped those who are being tempted. So we thank the Lamb and we praise him, Revelation 5, for all that he did for us in being slain, actually before the foundation of the world. And then in Hebrews 2, we see Jesus and crowned with glory and honor because of his suffering. Hebrews 4.14. 
to 5.6. The Word of God, 4.14 to 5.6. All right, let's start with 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. So Jesus has gone through the heavens. He's seated at the right hand of God. He is exalted in glory. And he says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is tempted in every way just as we, we are yet without sin. Human, just like us. Divine, not like us. Did not sin. There it is. No sin. You see that? Yet without sin. But tempted like we are. So, here's the great encouraging word to us. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and help and find grace in time of need. Okay? Enjoy Hebrews 5, 7 to 14. He became the source of our eternal salvation to all who obey him. Verse 9. So we're reflecting in this week of 6th Easter on what Jesus has done for us in his ascension, his resurrection, his being seated at the right hand of God. We are praising him as we saw in Revelation, as we see in Hebrews. We're thanking him for the salvation that we have. We thank him for suffering death for us. So this tremendous monumental work he did for us is just glorious. Luke chapter 9, 18 to 27. So, Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? Of course, this is a great question for all of us. Who do you say that Jesus Christ is? Peter said, the Christ of God. He answered it correctly. Then Jesus tells him he's going to suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. If anyone would come after me, verse 23, he must deny himself Take up his cross daily and follow me. Again, back to what are we supposed to be doing? We are supposed to be following Jesus. Is that easy to do? No. But the Spirit of God will be with us to encourage us and help us to do so. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and lose his life? Verse 25. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in glory and the glory of the Father. And so right after that, we see in... Uh, Luke chapter 9, 28. Now, we see that on Friday, so let's just jump to Friday real quickly. Uh, we see the transfiguration, where he's transfigured before them. Peter, James, and John are, go up a mountain. Jesus transfigures himself gloriously, much like Revelation 5, if you will, and the glory of the Lord shines. This is before he dies, of course, but we see his glory. We see what's going to happen. And a voice speaks from the cloud in verse 35. This is my son whom I'm chosen. Listen to him. So if you want the easiest directions that I can give you today from the scriptures, God says, this is my son. I have chosen him. Listen to him. I can't give you better advice than that. God has put his imprimatur upon Jesus. Jesus is the one chosen by God to die for us. Listen to Jesus. Luke 9, 37 to 50. This is the healing of the boy with the evil spirit. When they come down the mountain, there is a need that is, um, needs to be taken care of. And then they ask, who is the greatest? The least of all, that's the greatest. 
So we have the healing with the boy, with the demon. Jesus rebukes the evil spirit. He heals the boy. He gives it back to his father. Everybody just can't believe it. So what do we see again? I say over and over to you. We see the glory of Jesus. We see his healing ability. We see his ability to cast out devils. We see his teaching that he encourages us to follow. He asks us questions. Who do you say that I am? Luke chapter 11, 1 to 13. Luke chapter 11, 1 to 13. His teaching on prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Beautiful words. Ask and it will be given to you. Verse 9. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Everyone who asks, receive. He who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, the door will be opened. Very simple language. No hard words. No long words. No theologically difficult words. Jesus is just sharing the essence of the gospel with us. And finally, well, let's look at Luke chapter 12, 22 to 31. 22 to 31. Do not worry. Again, uh, you know, very much like from the Sermon on the Mount in uh, Matthew chapter 6. Um, don't worry about your life. Life is more than food. Consider the raven, ravens. Consider the lilies. Seek his kingdom, 1231. Seek his kingdom. This scripture is on Wednesday. Seek the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given unto you. Okay? Again, a beautiful expose of teaching, a beautiful example of healing, casting out the devil, a beautiful example of the demonstration of the glory of God and the transfiguration. And then finally, Matthew 28, on the day of ascension, and this is a scripture, scripture you probably know quite well. And that is 28, 16 to 20, which is the ending of Matthew. And he says, When they saw him, they worshipped him, verse 17, but some doubted. That's interesting. Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus has all the authority. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Back to the teaching, back to sharing the gospel with people, and surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. The end of the age, when he comes back and establishes his kingdom. All the way to the end, Jesus is going to be with you. So Jesus is with you. As you're working through these scriptures, you're praying for this week of 6th Easter, Jesus is with you. He's with you as you're reading. Call upon him. Think about what you're reading. Pray, reflect, enjoy. And continue to draw closer to God as you read from the Daily Lectionary. Well, God bless you abundantly. I hope you have a wonderful week and look forward to seeing you next week, the week of 7 Easter. God bless you.